Thank you for listening to First Baptist Church of Apalachicola. We pray that these messages challenge and encourage you. Now let's get into the Word together. Everybody there? 1 Corinthians 1.18, I'm reading from the Christian Standard Version. It says, For the word of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing, but is the power of God to us who are being saved. I'm going to read another translation that uh, we typically don't use, but it's, it's solid. Um, it says that the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction, but we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. Can I get an amen? You got one. So the message of the cross, that I'm just going to go through this passage of scripture, but what I want to say is that the message of the cross is foolish to the world. It's foolishness to the world. Uh, Paul talks about what is this message of the cross. We're going to go through and kind of explain that. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 3. And Paul says, Now I want to make clear to you, for you brothers and sisters, the gospel I preached to you, which you received on which you were taken, now taking your stand, and by which you are being saved. We're being saved by this gospel. If you hold to the message I preached to you until you believe, unless you believed in vain, for I passed on to you as most important, and here we go to what he's getting to, most important what I've also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That's another good time for an amen. First <laughs> Corinthians one twenty three. but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. The message of the cross is simple. Sometimes I think it's a little too simple. It's too simple for, for us, for those who are perishing, to understand. That's all. That's, that's it. But the message of the cross is simple. It is that we are, by nature, born. We have a, we're born with a sin nature, that we're fallen individuals. We're children of wrath. None of us, there's this new thing out there that says that we were once orphans. None of us were ever really orphans. We were always somebody's child. We were always somebody's child. We were not without father. Those who are lost, Satan is their father. The Lord Jesus Christ has said that several times. He told the Pharisees, you don't know me because you are of your father, the devil. John the Baptist told the Pharisees the same thing. You know, you brood of vipers, pretty much saying... Your children of that ancient snake that's, you know, that the devil is your father. But the message of the cross is simple. That we are by nature children of wrath. That we have fallen short of his standard. And what is this standard? Anybody want to take a stab? What is the standard of righteousness for us? The Lord Jesus Christ. And we've all fallen short of that. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned. How many? All, everybody. Nobody is righteous in their, own, in their own strength. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We sinful people born into sin and are condemned because of our inherent sin nature. We deserve death. Romans 6.23 says that for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And wages for works, all the things that we've done, the only thing that we could ever do, it would be like digging a, hand, uh, digging a hole in sand. How many of you have ever tried to dig a hole out there at the beach? Keith, you've, I'm sure you've done it before. 
living out there trying to I've done it several times trying to put um, air conditioner stands up and you're out there digging trying to dig a hole and the sand just runs back down in there that's according it's what our works is it's it's nothing it's just it amounts to nothing for wages for our works the only thing that we earn through our works was death what did we earn what was the wages for our works what was the wages for our sin death it's Romans 6.23 we are incapable of saving ourselves but because of the love that God has for us he's given us his son Lord Jesus Christ willfully chose to die for us in our place so that we don't have to bear the punishment for our sin and that we may have eternal life and fellowship with him for now and in eternity it's not all about one day it's about now too Romans 5.8 says, But God shows his love for us while we were sinners. Christ died for us. And what did Christ do to show his love for us? He died for us. So again, in a nutshell, that is the simple gospel. You could use those three verses when you're witnessing to somebody, Romans 3.23, that we are sin, sinful by nature. That no one... No one cuts the mustard, so to speak. And that because of that sin, we need, we need to be saved. That because of that sin nature that we deserve death in the Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 5, 8, that God showed his love through Christ Jesus that he came and he died for us. But are there any other ways? We just sang a song. The name of the song was The Way. Who is the way? Jesus. Lord Jesus Christ. But there are those who preach there is another way. Other ways, Galatians 1, 6 through 7, Paul is talking to the church at Galatia. says, I'm amazed that you are so quickly turning away from him who called you by the grace of Christ and turning into a different gospel. That there was those coming into the church trying to put the, the people in that church back under the works of the law. They were trying to slip back in and, and add a little leaven to what Paul had been teaching them. Trying to add work salvation back in there. Paul is rebuking them. I'm amazed that you so quickly have turned away from him who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. And then he brings the obvious, not that there is. Is there another gospel? No, sir. What does Paul say? Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who are troubling you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. And how many of you have heard these other messages that are out there? They're at work even in our community. You know, a couple weeks ago, when was it? Last, last week or the week before, we went to the prison. We were counteracting another gospel that we took the place of, of another group that was going in there that does not preach the gospel. They teach Jesus plus. Yes. Jesus wasn't enough is what they preached. We willfully, we gladly took that place from them so that we can go in and proclaim the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. The true way. But this message of this cross is preposterous to the world. The world and the enemy has created versions of the truth to remove the offense of the cross. And many of us have heard that the world finds offense in truth and will suppress it by many, any means necessary. Ask the apostles and the prophets. Ask the apostles and the prophets. Jeremiah wasn't popular when he came to town, was he? <laughs> they didn't like to see that guy. I don't think anybody that tells people things other than what they want to hear is not popular. Truth is not the popular consensus. I'll tell you that right now. But there are doctrines and beliefs today that attack the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are other gospels that also not only attacks the deity, but also the blood, the atoning blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And the deity and the blood are together. They are together. Because without the deity of Christ, the atoning blood would not be the perfect sinless sacrifice needed. My blood would accomplish nothing. I couldn't die for my own sins. How many of you here could die for your own sins? Still fall short. You died lost. But your blood would accomplish nothing. Without the atoning blood shed on the cross, there is no forgiveness of sins. No forgiveness. There's no forgiveness and removal of that sin nature. It's not just about removing our sin, but also that sin nature that we lived with that was born in us. It removed that sin nature from us. Not only removed the transgressions and washed away our sin, but it took that sin nature, that edemic nature. It had to, something had to deal with that. That was the blood of Jesus. But many Christians today count this as foolishness. or even bold to say that God did not require a blood sacrifice. That God's loved and that God wouldn't require somebody to die. Have you heard this message before? But many pervert the love of God. I've heard this so many times in different places that God is love and He wouldn't allow for that. But we need to read John 3, 16, 17, and 18. And I'm gonna, I got it paraphrased on here. But God sent His only Son not to condemn the world. He sent Him to save, that He loved us. But also on the back side of that is God sent His Son Jesus not to condemn the world, but to save it. But whoever believes is not condemned, but whoever is not condemned already. Or, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already. I'm sorry. My paraphrase was messed up. But whoever does not believe in Jesus is condemned already. That's just, that's just there. We can't say that God doesn't require that because that's part of it. The love of God has always brought justice. It was always there with love. And if you take love without justice, it's perverted love. It's our love, which is nothing. It's conditional. It changes moment by moment. You know, I can't love God with my love. <laughs> can, can anybody do that? It takes His love that we love because He first loved us. And we'll, if we do that, then whenever we do have that bad circumstance to... As Carlene was talking about, guess what's going to happen? If I'm loving God with, with the love that I have, that I'm capable of mustering up, or the love that's in me, guess what happens whenever the thing that I need or the circumstance comes? What's going to happen? That love's going to fail. <clears throat> but however, however, there are not only groups who say that the cross wasn't necessary and that it was too much, there's also groups who preach that the cross wasn't enough that the work of the Lord Jesus Christ wasn't enough and that there is something else that we should do in order to add Jesus to what add to what Jesus did and I got an illustration here and I'm nowhere comparing this illustration to what the Lord Jesus Christ did so don't, don't take that just take it for what it is it's an illustration um, so what if someone bought you I don't know whatever vehicle is your dream vehicle let's say a fully loaded uh What's a vehicle that somebody, <laughs> I don't know, let's say that you, uh, somebody offered you a fully loaded Toyota Tundra, four-wheel drive, all the bells and whistles. It's more than you could afford in your wildest dreams. Let's just say that it's way outside of your reach. Imagine the insult if we would attempt to offer the person $20 for that truck. If they gave it to us, 
out of love, and they gave it to us. They said, we don't want anything in return, but imagine the insult if we would try to pay for it. Why does some attempt to do the same thing to the Lord Jesus Christ? He gave us something that we could never pay for, but yet, in a feeble attempt, maybe self-pride, flesh, some try to pay for that with their works, or they try in a, uh, through, their, through their baptisms, through their things, religious activities that they do, they try in a feeble attempt to pay for what, We can't pay for what the Lord Jesus Christ, He's already paid it all. We can't do or add any more to that. Ephesians 2.8 says, For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift. He gave it freely. We don't pay for it. We don't do anything to earn it. Galatians 2.21 says, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness came through the law, if we could earn it, then Christ died for nothing. The Lord Jesus Christ didn't do nothing that wasn't intentional. Everything, every step he made was intentional and guided by the Father. Everything he did. Galatians 2.16 says, And yet because we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Christ Jesus, even we ourselves have believed in Christ Jesus. This was so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no human is justified, will be justified. How many will be justified by the law? None. And we could not on our best day die for our own sins. The price was and is too much to bear. It had to be the sinless, perfect, spotless Lamb of God that did that. And there's some that say that the cross wasn't enough. There's some that says that the cross was too much. But there's also some, however, that attempt to decorate and glamorize the cross. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is what it is. People apply neon lights and make the cross appear glamorous. The cross that means anything other than death. Death is not true. Amen. Doesn't mean the keys. To, it's not the keys to your wildest dreams. It's not a glamorous lifestyle. It's not all your wants and needs taken care of for eternity. The Lord Jesus Christ said that those who desire to lead a godly life will be persecuted. As we talked about earlier, if you are living a godly life, it's, the truth will come out of you. And the truth, as we talked about earlier, is not the popular thing. And when you're speaking the truth, it offends. It offends the world. But the cross that means anything other than death is not truth. The cross is death. Death to our sin nature, death to the old man, our lustful fleshly desire, our wants to be comfortable and feed our needs. It is the moment by moment, day by day decision we make to follow him. Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew 10.38, and whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. True. Yeah. Anyone who finds his life will lose it. And anyone who loses his life because of me will find it. Amen. Amen. We have to lay down our, our individualism. Yes. If you want to be special, find a different religion. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we don't all get a trophy. <laughs> Mark 8:34 Jesus calling the crowd along with his disciples he said to them if anyone wants to follow me let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me we see this it's undeniable in the scriptures there's a cost <clears throat> whenever we add or sell the cross with false promises and eloquent words we make the cross to no effect if i convince you intellectually that it's a logical choice somebody could come along and unconvince you 
with the intellect. It has to be more than that. 1 Corinthians 1.17, the verse back behind this, it says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ would be emptied of its effect. The cross is ugly. It's offensive. It will divide. Mark 5.10 says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. John 15.20 says, A servant is not greater than his master. If they, keep, if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. But if they keep my word, they will also keep yours. The Lord Jesus Christ is saying that they persecuted him, persecuted the prophets and the apostles. We will also be persecuted. Kind of sounds like a bummer, don't it? <laughs> It's okay, you can laugh. <laughs> but the thing is, though, I mean, he, he doesn't leave us or forsake us. And he gives us the ability to endure those things. It would be stupid for me to be lost. And it would be, what is the word? Is it those people who desire to uh, afflict themselves? I can't remember the word. But anyway, it would, be, it would be foolish for us, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, to want to live a life like that, to want to be persecuted, to want to deny myself my own rights. It would be foolish, wouldn't it? It was foolish whenever I was lost. I remember seeing these people come and, and preaching in our school and thinking, wow, what a doofus. And I remember saying, I don't, I, don't, I don't stand on that now. I'm just, I'm thinking back to when, where I was at at that time. I remember thinking, you gave up all that? You gave up all that. You were in law school. You were going to be a, a high-paid lawyer. You gave up all that to go to some third-world country. You'll probably die alone out there. Nobody will ever recognize you or ever hear from you again. Nobody will ever miss you. There won't be no, you know, ad in the paper about this guy who died on this side of eternity. But there will be glory and honor and riches on the other side. But it's foolishness on this side, but not on the other it is foolish to those who place their trust in the wisdom of man. Man had a choice in the matter. We only have two choices. Either we can choose the wisdom of man or either the foolishness of God. <clears throat> Romans 1, 18-22 says that for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness. Men by who the unrighteousness suppressed the truth, they willfully chose to reject it. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for this his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and things that have been made so that they are without excuse. Does anybody have any excuse before God for rejecting the wisdom of God? For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God, nor did thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Their hearts were hardened even further. But why is this message foolish to the world? It's because most believe in the moral standard of society. I've, I've heard this before that most people say, well, it doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't hurt anybody. I'm not breaking any laws. Why do I need this, this cross? Why do I need to be saved? I'm not guilty of anything. Most would say they are completely innocent and have no need to be saved. But we remember genocide, we remember slavery, all these things were legal in societies in years past, weren't they? Mm -hmm. 
And even today, infant side, the killing of unborn and even now the born has become legal. Is that right? Is that right by God's standard? Again, that just shows you that morality changes. Society changes and the morality, therefore. But how does that measure up when compared to the Word of God? Many have chosen the wisdom of the world. That's the wisdom of the world. It says it's okay. And it's not. Ray Comfort, um, there's some books, and he makes a bunch of uh, gospel tracts. He has some gospel tracts in the back. He always asks, and I watch some videos from him. He always, he'll ask people, so do you think you're a good person? And you hear all kind of stuff. <laughs> if so, by what standard? The Word of God says that there's no one good but God. And we all, again, as we read earlier, we all fall short of that glory, Romans 3.23. The wise of this world willfully choose to suppress the truth and believe the lie. In this passage, it makes it clear that God made himself apparent to them. However, man chose to believe a lie. It says that they became futile in their thinking and claiming to be wise became fools. Rejecting the wisdom of God is foolishness. They did it even knowing the sentence of what it was. But then the second part of that verse, but we who are being saved know it is the power of God. How many of us know that it is the power of God? We could look at our own lives and look back to where we were, and we could see the power of God working in our life, working in the lives of our loved ones who have received the Lord Jesus Christ. I can tell you it's a miraculous thing from where I come from to where I am today. And I know many of you can attest that in your own life. And it's not only a power that's for the end of days, it's also for now. We can't, we can't change ourselves. It's by the work of the Holy Spirit and the washing of the Word that we are being sanctified. It's not in our own strength. The word in that being saved is the word sozo. It means to save, deliver, preserve, to heal, and to make well. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I see that through the cross God is not only providing a salvation in heaven but he's also, he saved me. He is saving me and he will save me. I was justified, I'm being sanctified, and one day I'll be glorified. We couldn't and we cannot save ourselves. My testimony involves freedom from alcohol and addictive behavior. I tried and tried to quit many times, and my wife could attest to that. Many others can attest to that in my life. I tried on my own strength. I remember, yeah, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. But God, God did what I tried so many times. He took that desire, that nature, that sin nature was taken from me. God has done such things for all of us, and he's still doing those things. And this power of God that the world doesn't recognize and merely has its counterfeits, such as self-help and other temporal things, it doesn't last. I've seen many people overcome addictions in certain areas only for the spirit of addiction to manifest itself in other areas. God has the power to remove that spirit all, all the way completely and deliver you from oppression. God's power is wrought through the cross. It's through the cross that this power is available to us. Many of us seek the power of God in spectacular miracles. And we want to see signs and wonders, and those are good things, but is there anything more miraculous than a life changed by the message of the cross? And there's even some that want to, I want to hear 
the Word of God. I want to hear the voice of God. How many of you want to hear the voice of God? <laughs> I want to hear the voice of God. But He speaks to us in many ways. If we want to hear it that way, we need to hear it this way. We can't neglect this. This is His Word. He's speaking to us every time we open it up. Again, signs. The Father had provided signs from the beginning of the world, and the world has rejected them. The rainbow, circumcision, the Passover, lamb, the law, the prophets, all these were signs. And if you go back and read, he says, this will be a sign for you. It wasn't long after that, the Hebrews were falling back in their same stuff. They had, they had the signs. They had the signs. We have the signs. But Jesus came and showed us the true meaning behind it all. And through him, he has revealed both the wisdom and the power of God. And we can find both of those in the Lord Jesus Christ, that the cross, in fact, is foolish to this world. What if your salvation rested in your own strength? Is there anybody here that can say that you did it yourself? The message of the cross would be foolish, I would tell you, if it did. We would all be doomed for hell, but we are born again by his blood. And we know the wisdom and the true power of the cross. And let us thank the Lord Jesus Christ for his unfailing love for us, that he laid down his perfect, sinless, blameless life for us, that we may be redeemed and live eternally with the Father. And all you have to do is call on his name. Place your faith in him. Embrace him as Savior, and he will save you. The price has been paid. All you have to do is believe and call on his precious name. His outward expression of the faith that's in your heart. The Lord knows you. He wants you. And he wants you to know Him. Make that happen today. And don't waste another moment for your life living without Jesus. Jesus is your lifeline. And it's all through the cross. I'm going to have Jeff and, and Justin come.